Hello, everybody, and welcome to the Deceptively Athletic Podcast. My name is Mark Joukowsky. I'm here with Tony Romanello. What's up, Mark? What's up? And Marshall Hartman. How's it going? Marshall so, coming from Madtown again. Let's get it. Yeah. Yeah. Dude, it's supposed <laughs> to snow this weekend, and I'm just no. like, like, what does it stop? I was asking my boss this yesterday. I was like, what? What is it? What is it like spring here? It's like, oh, that snow in May. I'm like, Oh, oh God, that's terrible. Dude, I was yeah. so pissed it snowed last week here. It like snowed. Oh, on, like, thank God. We actually missed that. Yeah. yeah that's so- we got like, we got like, I can't, I think they said we got like 10 inches on like last Monday and I was heated. But <laughs> yeah, that sucks. Yeah. All right. Well, it's like, c- it's opening day for baseball tomorrow, which is like <laughs> so crazy. You know what I mean? I feel like yeah. this, this year has flown by. Yeah. There's still snow on the ground and it's a uh, opening day for the MLB. Yeah. But, I don't know. Anyway, Mark, continue with where you were right. going. So this is our second installment of an episode we like to call This or That. This or That is brought to you by Brett Dating's Power Washing Company. For 10% off of a Pittsburgh power washing, please go to brettdating.com, go to the Contact Us page, <laughs> and put in the code DAP, DAP, for Deceptively Athletic Podcast. Now remember, whenever you're thinking about Pittsburgh power washing, <laughs> there is no this or that, because Brett Dating Power Washing is this and that. It's the only option, guys. Oh, Gotta go get it. You're way too good at this. <laughs> you're way too good at reading an ad that's not real. It's incredible. I know. <laughs> I really wish. I really wish we had some traffic count on uh, on the website. Brett needs to give us that info. See if we're <laughs> you know, I kind of just want to start spamming Brett with yes. DAP on his contact us page. <laughs> I'm hundred percent a bunch to. of requests. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Just force him to take the website down because it just annoys him so much. Yeah. I'm going to start spamming his contact page with. I'm going to create a bunch of fake emails, email accounts, yeah. and then just start sending him a bunch of dap messages from his website. It's going to be great. He'll be forced to pay us. I like it. All right, Mark. Well, do you want to. We're going. What are we yeah. doing for this or that this, this time? What's the subject? So, here? we're doing under 23 NBA wings. Um, we're going to do it a little bit differently this time. We're going to start at the bottom and kind of do a ladder type thing where the winner moves up the ladder to face the next person. And then the person at the top will naturally be the best prospect. The best. We'll do a two out of three majority vote, provided right. it's not unanimous. All right. That works for me. All right. So our first one, we got Justice Winslow versus Josh Jackson. Oh, boy. That's a good one. Yeah, they're yeah, pretty, pretty similar players. Yeah, they are. I think I think Justice Winslow's a little bit better of a, a passer and a playmaker. Yeah, but I kind of like Justice Winslow. I definitely would really like to see run the second unit in Miami more, just because like Agreed. Tyler Johnson's currently doing it, and like Kelly Olynyk, and it's kind of gross. And James <laughs> Johnson's fine at it, but like Justice Winslow, he can't score out of the pick and roll. But he's a really good passer and. He's definitely stronger than Josh Jackson is. I yeah. just kind of believe that Josh Jackson might have more equity as like a score creator hybrid where I'm kind of like Justice Winslow is just going to be like a creator and driving to the hole whenever he has like a smaller guy or like a wide open lane. Yeah, I agree with that. I feel like uh, Josh Jackson's peak is definitely higher than 
uh, Winslow's, but I, I yeah. feel like right now I would probably prefer Winslow. Yeah. And I think the thing with Jackson is it's it's so hard to judge some of these Phoenix guys. I feel like because they're on such a they're in such a terrible situation, you know. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, Wait. Yeah. Josh Jackson. Oh, go on. Justice Winslow shooting forty percent from three this year. Yeah, but it's on like not that many attempts. Yeah, it's on two a game, but still, it's on exact or exactly as many attempts per game as whenever he shot forty one percent from three from Duke. <laughs> also in that season, yeah. he shot twenty nine percent from mid range. Yeah, I just and like sixty percent from the line. <laughs> yeah, that's the, but last year he shot the same amount per game, and shot twenty mm-hmm. <laughs> percent. Yeah, was I over, that was only over 18 games though. But still, yeah. I would have never guessed that Justice Winslow was a 40 percent three point shooter this year. But yeah, see, I think Justice Winslow, yeah. he's definitely gonna be a good enough shooter from three from the corners. Yeah. I just don't know how it translates to like above the break. And I don't think he's ever gonna be an on the move shooter at yeah, all. Neither, yeah, yeah, I don't think so either. I do kind of think I'm with you on uh, jo- uh, Josh Jackson probably being a little bit better of a like uh, personal like creator for himself as a scorer. Mm-hmm. But wow, this is this one is hard. This is yeah. I think Josh Jackson might be a better like two and three defender, but I think Justice Winslow gives you just because he's so much stronger, he gives you a better ability to switch onto fours and like yeah, maybe even some fives. Yeah, so, he probably gives you a tad yeah. bit more defensive versatility, but but Jackson could add the, that weight in the future. That's yeah. that's kind of the thing I feel like right now. I definitely take. Winslow, but if we're looking over the next seven years, I could see an argument being made for Jackson. How do you, how do you guys like so diving more into the defensive? And I feel like Winslow, like I remember before he was being drafted, people were hyping up the defense a lot. And I feel like he's been an okay <coughs> defender, but maybe a little overrated just based on the media. Like he's good, don't get me wrong, but I feel like that narrative of him being a lockdown defender may not be completely true. Yeah. I just don't know if like I just don't know if he's near his peak defensively because he's been good. Yeah. He's shown great instincts as a help defender, but I don't think for like two or three more seasons you're really gonna see whether or not he's the guy that you're like, all right, Justice, go guard Kawhi Leonard tonight, or like go limit Giannis. Like I just don't know if he's there yet. Yeah, I don't no. know if he'll ever get there, but it's I don't like, think it's fair to judge. Yeah, young guys mm-hmm. are usually always bad at defense. So it's the fact that he's not like terrible, yeah, is yeah. something that he already has like pretty good instincts. And I think what is this his second or third year in the league? Third year, yeah. yes, it's third year in the yeah, league, and he's third. already playing pretty solid defense. Um, yeah, it'll be interesting to see who the Heat met, get matched up against in the playoffs to see how he looks there. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Uh, just to see how he is in a playoff series. But I don't know, Mark. Who uh, who do you who are you picking in this one? Um, I would probably take Josh Jackson. Yeah, I was not leaning by that a way larger too. margin. Yeah, I was leaning yeah. a bit towards Justice Winslow, but I can definitely see Jackson as well. This one's pretty tight, so I'll, yeah, this I'll, one's, I'll go with you guys there. Yeah, this one's pretty close, but I think I lean lean slightly Josh Jackson. I just think he might have a little the whole how I think he might be a little bit better of a of an individual score by himself. I think kind of puts him over a little bit to me. Mm-hmm. Agreed. I think he has a, a lot more potential too. Um, it's kind of yeah. like we've seen a bit more. You know, we've obviously seen more of Winslow than of Jackson, and I feel like some of Jackson's like uh, weaknesses as far as like strength and defense, he can learn to improve on versus Winslow, who 
I don't know. I agree with Mark. I think he's kind of he's not at the same level as far as like creating his own shot as Jackson is. Mm-hmm. Well, uh, who's the next who, one? Yeah, who we got next, Mark? Um, the next one, I may be like a little higher on this guy than most people are, but the next guy I have is OG Ananobi. Ooh. So OG Ananobi, not great stats. He's averaging like six three and one, and then like a steal and point two blocks. But he's been a great man defender so far. He's shooting like I think thirty six one sec. Yeah, thirty six percent from three. And like the Raptors plus minuses for a while this year were just crazy with him on the court. I think he can switch at least two through five, maybe one through five. And as like a high end strong three and D wing, I just really like him. He obviously doesn't have the quiet upside and everyone needs to like be quiet about that. <laughs> But no, yeah, I, OG Ananobi's kind of been like the like quietly really good rookie this year because he just he Agreed. doesn't put up the big numbers, but he's been like pretty consistently solid for the Raptors all season. Mm-hmm. But I don't know, this one's kind of close to me for me too. Yeah, see, the thing is, Josh Jackson definitely has a higher ceiling outcome. Yeah, but I'm way more sure that OG Ananobi is going to hit his like median outcome as like yeah an above average three and D wing. And someone in his, like, in three, four years, if you if you told me, like, OG and OB progressed how I thought he would, and, like, you needed someone to guard LeBron, like, I uh, think yeah. he'd be that guy if it's yeah, not Kawhi. Like, yeah. Yeah, Are like, we convinced sweat, like... that he's a good three-point shooter, though, I guess would be my only hesitation. Because <laughs> um, I'm looking right know. now. He yeah. only attempted 74 threes over two years in, at Indiana in college. So, yeah, he's shooting 36% now, but... It's on, like, two and a half attempts a game. Yeah. Yeah, and, so I'm not sure how sustainable that is. And he is only a 63% free throw shooter. So, yeah, I don't know, but that's, like, that's like kind of been his thing, though, like, all the way through college was, like, he had, like, good shooting percentages, but it was because he was, like, very smart with his attempts. Yeah, and like he only took ones that he knew. Like I'm, I have a very good chance at making this. He only took like open ones and kind of, that kind of stuff. So I don't know. I think I think him being like a, a like having a high IQ of where he should shoot, kind mm-hmm. of makes him not being maybe a great three point shooter a little more bearable. But still, I, yeah, I don't know if I'm sh- completely sold on on him being yeah. like a good three point shooter. Um. I think he'll be a league average shooter percentage-wise. Yeah. I just don't know if he'll ever get to, like, the high-volume attempts. Yeah, that's that's kind of where I'm at, where it's like, I think he'll shoot a solid percentage, but I don't know if he'll ever, he'll ever do it on a large amount of attempts mm-hmm. and, like, difficult attempts at that. Like, I feel yeah. like he's going to yeah. shoot league average on mostly open attempts. Yeah. I guess my thing is kind of like his, I want to say, like, his worst outcome but, like, a low-end outcome for him is kind of like Luke Richard and Bob Mute, who's yeah. still, like, a pretty valuable guy playing, like, 25 minutes. And he's much stronger already than Bob Mute is. Yeah, Ananobi's, like, what, like, 6'8", 235 or something like that? Something crazy. He yeah. is. He's strong. Yeah, he yeah. is. Oh, man, I'm, you're, like, I'm, I'm, like, talk. we're, like, talking myself into, uh, into picking OG here, honestly. Dude, I, I don't know. <laughs> I don't know either. The more I, we talk I, about him, but I, I would I think, definitely take Jackson. I, think, I still yeah. think I, I think I lean Jackson too. Just 
Yeah, I, it's just a he's another one where I just I like he's looked great. Don't get me wrong, but let's see, let's see, especially if he gets significant minutes in the playoffs this year. Let's see how yeah. he looks when yeah. he actually yeah. has that responsibility. And and also, yeah, I think I think OG has that uh, that advantage of being able to slot into a very particular role on a very good and already like structured team. Exactly. That it kind of boosts his ability. Like he's just better in the role that he is currently in. Like I would have liked to. I'd like to see OG in a Josh Jackson type role where he has to play a bigger, a bigger part in the team. Oh, he'd be terrible. That, yeah, that's what I think. That's that's why I don't. I feel like you can't really go strictly based off like their numbers in this because yeah. both of them are probably oh. inflated or deflated a certain way I, just because of the role they're playing on their yeah. team. Yeah, yeah. Similar to go ahead. No, I'll let you finish. I was just going to say, I feel like it's similar to to Winslow in the situation where maybe in, right now I might take him um, or like around a certain team I would take him. But if you're saying, okay, you're starting a new franchise, like which of these young talents do you want? I would rather take the risk with Jackson based on yeah. his upside potential. Yeah, I'm, I think I'm with you on that. I think, I think Jackson just has the higher, like Mark said, he has the higher ceiling. So I think mm. I would lean... I would probably go Jackson on this one too. Yeah, I think that's right. Um, okay, right. so next, next, next one we got Josh Jackson versus Jonathan Isaac. Oh, Jonathan Isaac is kind Damn. of tough this year because he, he. How many games has he played? Not a lot. However, I did tune into a Magic game like a week ago. My condolences. And, <laughs> or wait. It was when I was in Bracebridge because uh, the Magic were playing the Raptors, and it was on like okay. na- it was on their yeah. version of national TV. And yeah. Josh Jackson or not, Jonathan Isaac is already a very good like power forward. Like he's a very good help defender. He's incredibly active. Yeah, um, he has a great low stance. I think like I think the one through five defense is very much in play for him. Like starting oh, next no, year. Yeah. I think he has a very, very high ceiling on defense, especially like just with pure versatility. I think three point one defensive plus minus. That's pretty yeah. crazy. And, yeah. and not that not that blocks and steals are super indicative of defense, but per thirty six minutes, he averages over two steals and two blocks per thirty six minutes. So yeah, that's like that's, that's like really fairly good. impressive. But uh, yeah, for a rookie especially. Yeah, I don't know. see. My whole thing is. I guess if I could take Jonathan Isaac off the Magic onto my own team, I'd be <laughs> I'd be higher on him. But because he's on the Magic, I can only assume he's going to be ruined. Whoa! I'm... The Magic turned <laughs> out Tobias Harris, Victor Oladipo. Yeah. Yes, he'll just true. leave and then become a beast. Exactly. Well, yes, yes, he'll be he'll be an, he'll be a mediocre player on the Magic. He'll leave and become really really good. They'll trade him for a fourth guy on a title team. In like exactly. three years or for like they'll, <laughs> they'll trade him for cap space so they can sign jeff green mm-hmm. and then he'll be good also like i know he was an average shooter at florida state but i just really like the way his jump shot looks no yeah like, I, that's what i know some people weren't really sold on him as a shooter coming out but i was mm-hmm. kind of always like i think he's going to be a like a fine enough shooter yeah i'm just kind of like he's so versatile like yeah. If you can play him three through five, and even if he's only like a fifteen or seventeen point a game score, like his defensive equity is so valuable to a team. Mm-hmm. 
Yeah, I don't know. This this one's tough too because like I said, Isaac. I just wish kinda... I could have seen more of Isaac. Yeah, he just has thing. such a mm-hmm. limited limited sample size. It's kind of hard to really to really go with him. But I'm trying hard. to remember if watching him at Florida State. Man, he he wasn't overwhelming, but like Dwayne Bacon was on this team, and like yeah, yeah, they yeah. played a lot of like your turn, my turn, like they were like three or four ISO players on that team, and they just kind of like took turns ISOing, so it wasn't really an ideal situation. Yeah, I mean, regarding his shooting, he did shoot fifty one percent from the field, seventy eight percent from the line in college. So, you know, those are not terrible numbers. I mean, right now he's shooting thirty eight percent from the field, but. I mean, I think part like of that is limited games. touches. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, no, that's. I don't know. I think his. I think his ceiling is probably like what? Like what do you? What, what would you say it is? Because I kind of think his ceiling is like super role player. Yeah. Is that? Yeah. I, I mean, obviously he doesn't have like. I'm trying to think of a good comparison because there's really, there's really no one. I kind of think he could be Kevin Durant <coughs> defensively, but maybe like. I'm trying to think of a good offensive comparison for him. Yeah, I don't know. I'm try- I can't really think of one either. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because they're they're honest to god, no wings who like aren't ISO scores that average like 17 points a game. That, like at least I could think of right now. Yeah, maybe like a better Wilson Chandler on offense. I could see that. That's yeah, that's like a little bit one. better. That, like not current Wilson Chandler, like peak Wilson Chandler, obviously. Yeah, like a little bit I'll- better version of that. Just because yeah. he's so much bigger. Yeah. Oh, but I don't know who. Uh, Mark, who would you who would you take? I Isaac take Jonathan or? Isaac. You take Isaac. Marshall, how about you? Do you do you have a pick on this one? Man, <laughs> I was hoping you would decide it, so I wouldn't nah. have to pick a side. No, yeah, that's see, like I want to uh, pick Isaac, but uh, the limited I sample just, size makes it really thing, hard. Is like. Yeah, I feel like I've barely even seen him play. Like, looking at the numbers, they look very impressive, obviously. But it's hard because it, you don't know how much they're actually true, you know? I mean, I mean, we just said the same thing for Jackson, though, with, like, limited numbers. But, I mean, this is just a more extreme case. Mm-hmm. I kind of um, – I could I, – I mean, I feel like, man, can we do this in, like, a year from now? And then uh, the heck with it. Yeah. I'll do it. I'll take Jonathan Isaac. I, I agree because I'm actually like not super high on Josh Jackson myself, so the fact yeah. that he's still up here is kind yeah, of yeah. I don't want him to win three in a row. The heck yeah, yeah. I'll go Isaac. That's fine. <laughs> All right, yeah, Isaac. All right. All right so. Let's hope he turns out to be as good defensively <laughs> as we're hyping him up to be right now. Yeah. All right. Okay. Who's uh, who we got next? One. Um, we got Jalen Brown next. So Jalen Brown, like, kind of iffy rookie year. He showed some promise this year. He's been like, um, one sec. He's been 14, a 30, five, yeah, 14% from three, but only 64% from the line. Yeah. I mean, he does only take very easy threes and like a decent proportion of them are from the corner. Mm-hmm. However, he's also gotten better on like straight line drives. I don't think he's ever going to be like a great ball handler, but he can really just destroy a hard closeout. Um, okay enough yeah. passer. I've been pretty impressed with his off-ball movement this year. But, I mean, that yeah. all, some of that's also playing with, like, in Brad Stevens' system. Yeah. Yeah, when you have that yeah. coaching. Yeah. Uh, yeah, exactly. Brad Stevens makes everybody look incredibly good. Yeah. Yeah. So, the one thing, I, thing. Yeah. The one thing I am kind of worried about with Jalen Brown is, like, I kind of always thought that he was going to be, like, 
the perfect small forward in that they were like no big gaps in his game and he was like a very good defender but I'm kind of starting to get worried about his strength because Steven Stevens refuses to really give him much run at small forward and like he won't I guess it's only a second year but like he won't even try him on like LeBron when they play like he's always Marcus Morris or like last year Jay Crowder like this year he's throwing Tatum on him for stretches like yeah no, that, yeah, that's true. I, I feel like he. I feel like that will come around. Uh, my thing is like, it's like I think, hit the weight room, bro. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I think he has a lot more equity. Maybe not a lot, but I think he has more equity as a three than as a two. Yeah, I I, I agree with you. Just because it gives you greater flexibility to what to do with your second guard spot. Yes, yeah, I, I feel like I feel like wasn't he like almost looked at as like a three four coming out? Yeah, but I don't really think. Yeah, See, but I it's like it's like funny that he was looked at like a, a three four, and now he's like ex- almost exclusively plays the two. Yeah, <laughs> I think he's like two oh five right now, so I probably wouldn't rule out him. Like, if you really want him to play the four, you could probably get up to two twenty without losing like too much burst. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's what he. Yeah, it says last year he played twenty six percent of his minutes at the four. And this year it's only three percent. Yeah, but some of that's like height related. Like no, yeah, that is that's yeah, basketball references. La- like yeah. they just go based it's on who's the tallest on. person. Yeah, because yeah, that would put him above Jay Crowder. So oh, like, yeah, wherever Jay true. Crowder was definitely playing the four, and he was playing the three. Yeah, that's probably true. Um, but as far as Jalen Brown versus John Isaac, I I think I take Jalen Brown. I just think Jalen Brown probably has a little bit higher of uh, offensive ceiling. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know. I just I like Jalen Brown as a player. I don't know. I just think he's like a solid, solid player. I think some of my worries extend to what we've talked about with like being a part of Brad Stevens' system. Like, can make yeah. anyone look a lot better than they actually would be. But yeah, I mean, I've definitely seen. I've definitely watched a lot more Jalen Brown than Isaac, and I feel like he's he's a solid young guy has some potential. And I don't know, I feel like I'm more willing to trust what I've seen with him than Isaac because, like, it's such a small sample size for him. I don't know. This is tough. No, yeah, I don't know. I, I, I think I, I think I lean Jalen Brown in this situation just yeah. because I've I've seen more of him and, I don't know, he's like... Yeah, I get I know he's on. I know he's, I know he's on in Brad mm-hmm. Stevens' system, but, like, he's actually, like, a fairly important player on a, a good team. Yeah. Um, I like, I kind of think that like, I like Jonathan Isaac's ceiling more, but like, we've just seen so much more with Jalen Brown too, that like, and he's so much closer to what I think he's going to be. Whereas like (laughs) Jonathan Isaac could get there, but like Jalen Brown, you're already seeing the steps to him getting there. Yeah. Also, as an option, would you, would you consider Jalen Brown on the Celtics? All, like with the starting lineup, yeah. Like on their team, if you said like like Kyrie's their number one option, and then where where how where do you think he goes on that? I where is he on their option pecking order? I mean, if Aaron Baines is starting, then he's fourth. But if Marcus Morris is starting, he's I think he's fifth. Interesting. And yeah, I was next say five. Yeah, yeah. At least right now, I definitely think he get up to being like a fourth guy. Maybe even like a third guy. If you have I a can see him as a third option. Yeah. yeah, I kind of yeah. see him as a peak third option as his, yeah. at his peak. Also, can I just point out that another reason why I'm picking Jalen Brown 
is does anyone remember his interview with the guardian where he talked about sports being a control mechanism in america <laughs> no yeah, yeah i do a, i remember you tweeting that out <laughs> yeah, dude's a he's, genius he, he's super woke yeah kids well say. he took like graduate courses is one year at uh cal yeah, yeah he's from we, berkeley dude so yeah we just gotta hope we just gotta hope Kyrie doesn't ruin him <laughs> make him make him stupid <laughs> hey dude the vegan diet come on i mean that's not that stupid but Kyrie believes yeah. the earth is round so or the earth is flat so no that duke education man yeah yeah well, i mean right, well are we all unanimously taking Jalen brown then yeah that, sounds that like it pick? yeah it does sound like it all right mark who's uh who's next on your list here all right we got draft day himself andrew wiggins oh yeah uh, uh, this is an so, interesting one yeah the difference is i think andrew wiggins Definitely has a higher offensive outcome, particularly as like an ISO score. Yeah. And we've seen it more so last year than this year. But this year, I think with kind of the reduced volume that he has, I think it's a little harder for someone so young to kind of pick their spots and like no one to attack, no one to defer, no one to like cede to Jimmy Butler and Carl Towns and even Jeff Teague. I just kind of think he's finding his way. And I don't want to put this year against him too much. But mm-hmm. he's been an incredibly streaky three-point shooter year-to-year. Even a streaky free-throw shooter year-to-year. Yeah. And he, he's he been okay this year defensively, but like he still hasn't been good defensively this year. In his first two years, yeah. he was miserable on that end. That's what I'm saying. Yeah. That's my biggest disappointment with Wiggins is because I, I was kind of sold on him being like at least like a pretty good defender. I feel like he just hasn't lived up to that expectation at all. And like he's on a team with... like. I mean, obviously they're young, so they're going to show a bit defensively. But like, there's plenty of talent there. I feel like they should be better on defense. And I don't know; he's definitely a huge part of the problem in my in my mind on why they struggle. Yeah, I don't know. Wiggins is kind of Wiggins is like really a like polarizing player among like NBA people. I feel like because some people are like super out on him, but I'm, I'm almost not, there. I don't know, man. I'm not I've, there I've, yet. I'm not saying like super out, but like. The idea, like, compared to the expectations he had coming into the league versus, like, how I see his career panning out now, it's definitely, like, I'm super out in that sense. It's, like, obviously he's going to be a starter. You know, he's going to be a good player. But, like, people are saying, like, oh, my God, like, he's, like, the next great prospect. I mean, and, like, I, mean, I haven't yeah. seen anything yet from him that yeah. makes me feel that way. Yeah, I mean, he was, like, hyped up as, like, the best prospect since, like, LeBron. Exactly. Which, I, like, yeah. I'm really out on but, that. But I can't, like, fault him for that. Like, that's not his yeah. fault that people have I think a lot of the that. reason – I think a large reason people were so out on Andrew Wiggins is so highly touted. Like, if Andrew Wiggins were yeah. the fifth pick in the draft, would be like, wow, what a steal. Like, I never thought, like, be really high on him because once you see it coming – but because we all expected him to literally be LeBron James from yeah. day one, we kind of like have a backlash to that. And now I think yeah. he's kind of underrated. Yeah, I mean, does I think he wins have, this? I don't think it's it's not particularly close for me. I don't know. I like Brown, yeah. but again, like I've mm. seen enough of Wiggins. Like I have my disappointments with him, but I still feel like moving forward, I'd rather have him. Yeah, that's, but has has there ever been a 22-year-old who's averaging 18 points a game on a Western Conference playoff team be like this criticized before? I can't. I can't think of <laughs> yeah. a 22-year-old being this criticized in general. 
in general. Like, yeah, exactly. let, let alone a dude yeah, averaging yeah. 18 a game He's on still 22. a playoff that's team. A save. That's the insane thing, yeah. Yeah, I don't know. Like, it's just kind of weird how I, – I really do think it's because – because he was just so highly touted coming out. I mean, he was he highly hasn't... touted. This is his fourth year in the league, you know. Yeah. Players were moved but... around in Cleveland, you know. Kevin Love was traded, you know, like yeah. some big well, movements he... were made involving him, you know. Has he still yeah. has he had the same coach two years in a row yet? Um, this will be his first time. This is yeah. his yeah, first. Time. So it's like I don't know. I really can't I can't fault him too much. He has almost zero continuity on on this team. Like, yeah, he went from literally like the only competent player on his team, and then you got Carl Anthony Towns. Everybody was super big on him, and then this year, you throw him Tom Thibodeau and Jimmy freaking Butler and Jeff Teague, and it's like, hey, buddy, you're like the third, maybe fourth option on this team. Deal with it and figure that out. So yeah. I, I just feel like yeah. he's had a pretty rough go of it since he's been in the league, and mm-hmm. I, don't, I really can't fault him too heavily for that. Yeah, like, and like. I don't know if anyone saw the B-ball reference breakdown video or B-ball breakdown video last year. They talked about like he didn't even get into a, like a defensive stance. He was constantly on his heels. He was never up. Like he still does that sometimes, but he's definitely kicked like some of that. So I think there is reason to be like a little higher on his defensive ceiling, despite what we've seen so far. Because I just don't think he was ever asked to play defense his entire life. Besides, like, yeah. hey, go get a, like superstar block or like jump a passing yeah. lane i don't think he's ever asked to play real defense until. like real defense even yeah, his rookie yeah. year with sam mitchell i don't think sam mitchell really asked him to yeah i don't think so either and i i just think he's one of those players too where we just expected him to be really good defensively because he's six eight and long and a crazy athlete yeah and i think we just kind of also probably had unfair expectations of what he was going to be on that end too but yeah i don't know but we're, we're all we're all picking him Right, that's what it sounds yes. like. Yes. Yeah. We're all going Wiggins over over Jalen Brown. Yes. Yep. All right. I feel like uh, that might be a little hot takey for some people on the internet, considering how out some people are on Wiggins. But you mean like the sports analytics people? Yeah. Yeah. See, but, I don't uh, know. I feel like I'm kind of out on Wiggins to a certain degree, but like over Jalen Brown, like yes. Like, I don't. I don't know. Like, yeah. yeah. His ceiling outcome is just too much higher. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. But even then, like, I feel like I don't know. I'm not <coughs> sold on his ceiling being like as high as I once thought it was. I guess is more of my take. Oh, yeah. See, but, I mean, if you if you at one point thought his ceiling was LeBron James, then no, I never. Yeah. No, I mean, <laughs> people that were saying mm. that were just ridiculous in the first place. LeBron is yeah. the greatest player of all yeah. time. You know. Like, yeah, yeah. I mean, we get. I mean, we get a. This is the best prospect since LeBron James. Like once every other year, so. I feel like we probably shouldn't get caught up on this as much. As oh we yeah, do, it's ESPN trying to get you to watch the draft, dude. You gotta yeah, I mean Ben Simmons was the best prospect since LeBron James. Now, now DeAndre Ayton's the most like physically, uh, uh, whatever they want to call it, like gifted physically pro- dominant. Yeah, physically gifted player since LeBron James, and it's like, <laughs> yeah, let's let's come on now. Also, like, like one more thing I kind of want to say about Wiggins is like, as far as elite scoring wings go, like. At this point in their lives, like he's much farther ahead of DeMar DeRozan. Paul George was still like averaging like eight points a game. Jimmy Butler was still playing fucking power forward at Marquette. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> exactly, yeah, dude. He's like, so young. Like yeah. Kawhi Leonard was like playing twenty six minutes and averaging like eleven and eight as the fifth option. Like offensively, the load he's been burdened with is unlike anything we've really seen for a twenty two year old wing. Uh, yeah. 
what was his? Let me see. Yeah, I mean, he's had a he's he last year's usage percentage was twenty nine percent. That is insane. As, as a twenty one year old, it's like I don't know. It's just I just feel like he's been a little. He's just been unfairly, I feel like, criticized for a large portion. Like, I don't know. I get yeah. the analytics people were kind of like, he's not that efficient and he doesn't do this. But it's like, I don't know. He's tw- 22 and he has hasn't had alert, the same yeah. coach for – this is the first time he's had the same coach in back-to-back years. So it's like, mm-hmm. really? Like, come on now. But yeah. I don't know. Mark, who do we who, – who do, who do you got next on your list? Um, Let's move past the Wiggins. We have Devin Booker next. Oh. So Devin Booker's kind of someone like – Every five or so months, I have a complete change of opinion on. Like, <laughs> not, not even like a little change, but like a very stark. Because he's a very good one on ones. He rejects it. He's shooting pretty well in threes this year. Almost he's like 37 or 38%. He's at 38. And there are a lot of hard attempts. Like, I've only tuned into about four or five Suns games this year, if, if we're being completely honest. Yeah. Yeah. The, Suns haven't, the Suns haven't been uh, must watch TV or anything yeah. this year, so. But I'm kind of fascinated by Dragon Bender. Yeah. Um, but anyway, continue on your, your Devin yeah. Booker. But he's definitely a very good scorer. There's concern on whether or not it's just because he's so ball dominant and like whether or not his skills translate. He's become like an average playmaker given his offensive load, but also his team's not very good. So mm-hmm. you kind of wonder if you scale up the players playing around him if – the passing comes a little easier just because <laughs> everyone's better and knows what to do and can actually make open shots. Um, he's a horrible defender, and I don't yeah, really see great. that. I don't really ever see him becoming a good defender. I don't ever see him being a lead ball handler just because I don't think he'll ever be more than like a five and a half, six assist guy. But I mean, like in the scoring, you could say it's empty calorie scoring just because like they're playing in a lot of blowouts and not everyone's getting up to play the Suns just on night in, night out basis. Yeah. But I think the scoring's pretty real. That, yeah, that's what I, that's what I'm at. I was kinda out on it yeah. initially, but I feel like he, he's built up enough of a, a reputation around himself that teams are like he's the focus for teams defense. And like, yeah, it's the Suns, like you don't need to try super hard, but I still feel like elite offense sometimes like sends elite defense where like he, he's just making these shots and he's like really damn good at it. No yeah, I don't know. I, I think his scoring is probably pretty legit too. Like, I mean, I don't know. It's it, the the whole like, is it just empty calories type of thing is kind of hard to really prove, I guess. But I mean, I don't know. I, I still think when people who are putting up those empty calorie points is they're most of the time like at least semi legit. Yeah. Well, yeah. The thing I people never don't realize... is a dude putting up twenty five a game on a bad team, and then you put him on a good team, and he's like putting up like 10 yeah that's just, what like, I was not good like that's like not a thing that happens so i i can't get too like up in arms about him like oh he's just scoring on a bad team like yeah to a certain extent like he might only average 20 instead of 25 yeah but it's like still that's like good i, I guess yeah i guess the whole thing is like so obviously scalability like if you put him on a very good team he's not gonna yeah be putting up like fifth option numbers I guess the concern is if you put him on a good team and he's like 18, four and three and a horrible defender and like, yeah, he can probably get you like an okay shot late in the shot clock. But like how valuable really is that if he's not like at least a 22 point, like four or five assist guy on a good team. Yeah. 
Yeah, but I'll I will also use the same argument that we just made for Andrew Wiggins and that he's still only twenty one years old. Oh yeah. I, so, I think that should be a built in like caveat for all of these players. All of these guys. Yeah. Like, yeah. We we probably shouldn't have to mention that, but like based on the way that like some of these guys are talked about, we really do have to mention that. Yeah, like 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 Devin Booker's legitimately averaging a like a kind of efficient 25 points at 21 years old. Like, granted, the Suns are a sorry team. Like, they're terrible. Yeah. Like, they're, they're legitimately going to have probably, they have the best mm-hmm. odds that we'll get the first overall pick right now. But it's like, still, you have to be at least a decent player to do that. Yeah. Like, also, I don't know, I, I'm, I've come around on, on Booker a, a lot, though. Like, I'm pretty. I have too. Yeah. yeah. Also, last year I was still a little iffy, but this year I'm, I'm pretty in on, on Booker. Yeah. So if you look at, like, the league's elite shooting guards right now, or at least, like, the high-end... Let's say you classify Andrew Wiggins <laughs> as a three and Donovan Mitchell as a combo guard, but not, like, really a two. Like, let's say Donovan Mitchell is becoming a point guard and Andrew Wiggins is a three. In five years, what are the odds that Devin Booker isn't the best shooting guard in the NBA, given those, like, two caveats? Huh. In five like, years? Yeah, provided you don't have to compare him to either Andrew Wiggins or Donovan Mitchell. Or let's say you compare them to both. What are the odds he's not top three shooting guard in five years? I mean, I feel like the odds of that are, are, are like, I feel like he's probably going to be yeah, like one of the top three or 20, so shooting 30 guards. 20, 30%, probably. Yeah. That would just be just like, like Harden staying great and those other yeah. two getting there. Yeah, ahead I, get, of him. I, the, I feel like that more depends on how good some of the people that are currently there still are. Uh-huh. Well, I don't think, like, if he gets up to, like, primary, secondary score equity, I think Clay's going to be too old to be, like, a very good defender. At that point, he's, like, an average defender and a floor spacer who can cut and kind of create, but not really. And I think Jimmy Butler's coming for, like, a big fall-off soon. I don't think DeMar DeRozan's going to be this guy in five years. Like, I guess Gary Harris is his other competition, like... Yeah, I mean, there's not really much competition. Oh, wait, I forgot like, about Victor Oladipo. I'm stupid. Oh, and yeah, Bradley. Yeah, oh, shit, yeah, Oladipo. Yeah, okay. All right, so yeah. let's just say top five. Top then. five. Yeah. Top five, and, yeah. And he'll still only be 27. All these guys we're talking about, besides Mitchell and Wiggles, will be on, like, the wrong side of 30. Because yeah. even Oladipo's 26, Bradley Beal's 25, like. Yeah, there'll be about 30, yeah. But, I mean, the... He'll probably be he'll probably be a top three to five guy at that point. Yeah, depending on how you specify the shooting guard position. Yeah, I I I feel pretty confident saying Devin Booker will be a top three to five shooting guard in five years. Yeah. Yes. If that is your question, then yeah. But yeah. if if we're talking Booker versus Wiggins, I take Booker. I take Wiggins. You take Wiggins? Wow. Oh, man. I just see I, Booker's. I think I'm on Wiggins as well. Here. Yeah. Oh wow. I I kind of believe in. One, Wiggins, like, becoming a decently better defender than Booker. I think that kind of more than offsets the passing. And two, I just kind of think Andrew Wiggins is going to develop into, I don't know if I want to use the term more dangerous type of score, but Devin Booker, despite the fact that he's a very good, like, jump shooter, I think a different kind of help is needed on someone who can shoot a jumper like slightly above average and just blow by you to the hole. And Devin Booker's never going to be that guy, but like there's a decent chance Andrew Wiggins is. Yeah. I don't know. I guess I think I'm just kind of more in on, uh, 
Booker just being ending up being one of like the elite level offensive players in like five years. Yeah. And I don't know if I'm I don't I'm not there with I don't think Wiggins will be that. And I mean I guess the defense is Wiggins does definitely have a higher defensive ceiling because I just don't Booker's really like not good on defense at all. But no, yeah, if you're on a Booker, you're all in on that becoming yeah like the elite offensive threat that we see from like a Kyrie Irving or like a James Harden today. Yeah, I don't know. I just I I just lean. I think I just lean Booker just based off of his offensive ceiling. I kind of I just buy his offensive ceiling way more than I buy Wiggins. Yeah, I feel like a lot of this depends on what situation these guys get put in. Yeah, I guess that's true. Yeah. But I don't know. I, I I lean I lean Booker on in this one, but if you go, you guys are both going Wiggins. So. I think I'm going to go Wiggins. I yeah. think I'm with Mark as far as like I I trust Wiggins to get shit figured out defensively in the next, you know, 5-7 years and I think he he definitely has the athletic capability to be a great defender. I mean, I think I'm out on him like the next Kawhi as far as like a defensive threat. But I think oh, he can yeah. be a, he can definitely be a good defender. And with Booker, it's I it's really I don't I don't see a way that he's ever gonna be a even like above league average defender. I just don't see it. You know, he really just needs to keep pushing the offensive game up, which I think he definitely. But I think in terms of like building a contending ship team unless you're like talking like Steph Curry or James Harden level of offensive threat I feel like that's really hard to to do and I'd rather have someone who I know can you know make some offense for himself but also like I think Wiggins will be a better defensive player and just a better player overall to have on your team yeah I don't know I I guess I'm just not as I don't know I, I I guess I'm just more in on Devin Booker being able to be a team's number one option and you being able to kind of make up for his defensive shortcomings more I don't know I just I guess I'm more I'm not as worried about a team being just horrible defensively because Jay, or because Devin Booker's on your team but I don't know yeah all right Mark well then who's uh who's next then all right so we got Andrew Wiggins versus the prodigal son Brandon Ingram oh, who your boy yeah so the things with Ingram I like He's and he's shooting thirty eight percent from three, but once he ends on like one point eight attempts per game, he's still not a great free throw shooter, but he's like about league average. Yeah, he improved from last year yeah. too, so that's always um, good to see. There was like a ten game stretch this year where the Lakers just kind of let him be point guard, and he's a yeah. very good passer. Yeah, I'm I'm in on his playmaking ability. Yeah, um, he's a pretty good mid range shooter already. Not like a great mid-range shooter, not someone you can throw in the post to, but like you can't just duck pick and rolls <laughs> on Brandon Ingram all game. He's already a plus defender, and I think he's a pretty big reason why the Lakers have the I think eleventh ranked defense this year. Mm-hmm. Because I mean, it's definitely not Brook Lopez. It's definitely not Julius Randle. It's definitely not Kyle Kuzma. Yeah, no, that's true. Yeah, I don't, dude. I'm, yeah. I'm, I'm a, I'm a really big Brandon Ingram guy, but mm. I mean, he's I shooting forty two percent from fifteen to nineteen feet, and forty five percent from twenty feet to the three point line. Oh, You're gonna talk me into him, dude. I, I, you don't even need to talk me into it. This is what I mean when I said like I'm kind of out on Wiggins because like I've seen enough of Wiggins and I have a pretty good idea of what he can be and. 
based on what I've seen out of Ingram this year, like I I'm in with Mark. Like I really like Ingram. No, no I don't yeah, even know if I mean, Mark's I'm, picking Ingram, but like yeah. man, I feel like he has a Mark is picking really Ingram. Great. Mark okay. is absolutely picking Brandon Ingram. I don't even <laughs> oh, have to oh, wow. he's picking uh, yeah. he is. Oh, it looks like Brandon Ingram's advancing. Yeah, yeah no, so, I, I I would I will lean Brandon Ingram if it's him or Wiggins, but mm-hmm. I'm I, I'm actually kind of surprised, uh, Marshall, that you're like this much in on Brandon Ingram and I don't think uh, wouldn't pick and you're like so you're that much you're that out on like or not in on Devin Booker then because that's like no, intriguing no. to me that you're like super in on Ingram over Wiggins, but Wiggins was like kind of an easy choice for you over Booker. I don't know. That's just kind of an interesting thing to me. It wasn't a super easy choice, but I think I think what it comes down to is I value like unless again, unless we're talking about like a super elite level offensive threat, like I'm talking like top five in the league, I feel like if you're a negative defender like I see Booker being the rest of his career, I don't think it makes up for that. I'd rather have someone who can kind of play play both ends of the ball. And I don't know like Booker, Booker, I'm sure he's going to be a really good offensive threat, but I'm not sold that he's going to be like top five in the league. Um, so that's kind of why I picked Wiggins there. But I think that's what I mean when I said I'm kind of out on Wiggins. Like I've seen enough of Wiggins that I kind of know how I feel like he's going to be versus Ingram's like, you know, intriguing. From my limited <laughs> viewing of him, he looks like he has a ton of potential. Um, yeah. I just. I'm starting to think there's a pretty clear path to see how Brandon Ingram becomes a slightly taller Gordon Hayward. Maybe not like the same volume on three point shots. Like I think Gordon Hayward took like maybe six last year or five and a half. Let me look that up real quick. I mean, Ingram shot 41% in college on 200 attempts. So like, Oh yeah. yeah, no, I'm 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 in on on Brandon Ingram's shooting ability. Like I'm, I'm I think in last on year was Brandon like Ingram a fluke. Yeah, mm-hmm. as far well, as the shooting, I numbers. think the big concern on him this year is he's only shooting 1.83s a game. Yeah, so he's, he's kind of picking his a, spots. Yeah, he's yeah. not doing it on a large, uh, like amount or high volume. But I don't know, like you guys don't have to talk me into Brandon Ingram. I'm very in on Brandon Ingram, and I will pick him over a- Andrew Wiggins, but. Would know, you pick? Not... You would probably pick Booker over Ingram, though, from the sound. And I would, I would, I would go Booker slightly over Ingram. Interesting. Yeah, I, I would go, I would go Booker, Ingram, Wiggins, hmm. and you guys would all go Ingram, Ingram Wiggins, 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 Booker. 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 Yeah, yeah. I just think there's a wider margin of error for Devin Booker than either of these two. Oh no, no that's. I mean, that's fair that you have mm-hmm. real concerns about. Devin Booker, but I don't know. It was, I just thought it was, it was interesting how like this is like kind of a pick, easy pick for you guys, and the last one was easy. I don't know. I just, I, I, I really, know. I really want to see Booker on like a, like just an average team with like at least like decently competent coaching because like I don't know, like he's, you know, he's doing great on this team, but they're terrible. You know, it's like yeah. please, yeah. like put him in a decent, decent situation. Let's see if he can actually carry the team and be that elite offensive threat that we think he can be but until i actually see him do it that's i'm kind of more in on these guys that i feel like all right i've seen enough i think they have enough potential to be great on both ends or well, not great but at least like you know very good on both ends of the ball yeah no it just it was just just the way you guys picked each one of them it seemed like there was like a large gap you had between them but i don't know <laughs> but i mean i know i i get what you guys were saying but uh 
So we all go. We all go Ingram on on this one then. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Last one. We've got future superstar Brandon Ingram versus <laughs> future superstar role player Jason Tatum. I knew this was going to be the last one. I did there too. Was ze- there was zero. Well, you made the list. So <laughs> made the list but... Well, no, I thought there was a chance that Devin Booker and beat out Brandon Ingram. Oh, oh yeah. Well, I knew you were planning for a. You knew you were going to put Jason Tatum last and hope Brandon Ingram made it that far. I, I knew. <laughs> All right. I was, I knew, if, I knew if I was actually I worried about Brandon Ingram, I would put him at the top. <laughs> that's true. That's but, true. No, I just kind of made this list more so based off of like what I've the online consensus more so than like what I thought because I didn't want the list to be like straight chalk as to how I pick it and you just know I'm going to pick the higher up person every time. Yeah. Oh yeah, that's true. That's true. But uh I don't know, Mark, I know you have lots of feelings on this one and I know you wish Bossman was here so you could argue with him. Oh, I would be right. No. I'm, I'm kind of upset Bossman's not here for this. But <sighs> Let me take my like <laughs> very nuanced approach on Jason Tatum. <laughs> One, I did not think he was going to be like a plus defender as a rookie. However, like his defensive ceiling, I still think is lower than Brandon Ingram's because I've seen Brandon Ingram do like a pretty great job as just a straight up man defender. And while I think Jason Tatum is ultimately a four, so that is less important. I do think that Brandon Ingram has a higher outcome as like he has a higher upside as a defender. Um, Jason Tatum has obviously been like a knockdown shooter this year, and yep. he's already like he's actually very good from the mid range, but his threes are almost all catch and shoot. And last time I checked, out of the three threes he was taking a game, two point seven of them are either classified as open or wide open. And oh, wow. Yeah, I'm I'm definitely saying that I see him being a very good shooter his whole career, but the fact that he doesn't take many tough threes and, like, Marcus Smart does on that team just because they need offense. Like, they need offense. It kind of worries mm-hmm. me. Yeah, Although, like, I think... I kind of I kind of think he is also, like, where we brought up with uh, OG Ananobi, but kind of to a more extreme version where it's like he's just fulfilling the role he's been asked to play yeah like Although, just extremely well yeah and also the last bad thing i'm gonna say about jason tam for now is we saw him be the first option in that game against um the wizards and he went like nine of 23 which isn't yeah, great but you don't expect him to be the first option i don't i don't put a lot of stock in like those one-off games and where a couple people yeah. are hurt and then they have to play like yeah. I don't. Know. I can't. I can't remember who it was that originally said it, but they used to. They said it about like last year about Kyrie being like the Cavs just always losing when LeBron wasn't there and Kyrie was the first option. And it was like, it's kind of like when you're home and then your mom's not home for an, for a day or a whole weekend and you have to survive for yourself and you just are like eating like cereal and like living in your own filth for a couple of days, like because you just have no idea what to do now because your mom's not there. Dude, I'm still like, doing I that. Fe- That's still how I live yeah. my life today. Yeah. <laughs> no, but you know what I mean? Like it's just kind of like when that person's always there, then all of a sudden they're just not. It's like way harder to like just pick it up for that one day and oh, kind of yeah. put it all together. It's so, like I don't really put a lot of stock in that like, oh, he, there was this one game this year where he – had to be the first option, and he was terrible at it. It's like, well, yeah, he was thrown into the fire one game. Yeah. Of course, he wasn't going to be good, but uh-huh. um, I don't know. I I do. 
I do think that the with the whole thing, like he's just kind of has a very set role that he's yeah. expected to play on the, on the Celtics, and they have a very they have a very good structure on that team and a system, and he's just very good at doing exactly what they need him to do and almost nothing mm. more. Yeah, the good things we say about him, besides like obviously he's already a plus defender, and like it seems like he understands defensive schemes, which is pretty remarkable for a nineteen year old especially one who played at Duke, is it like <laughs> yes. he always makes the right play. Like, I know I was kind of knocking him earlier for not taking contested threes, but, like, let's say he can't make contested threes, which is fine because he's <laughs> 19. Like, it's very smart of him to know not to take that shot. We have guys who, like I just mentioned, Marcus Smart, is a career 30% three-point shooter or 29% three-point shooter. And he just jacks away on contested. Like, if he can't shoot contested threes, I'm very glad he knows his limitations. Yeah. Also, yeah, the fact that he actually has like the aware self awareness and like basketball IQ to know that like, all right, I shouldn't be taking this shot because yeah. it's not the best shot for our team to take, is a, you know, that that's an encouraging sign that he already knows that. Yeah. Also, why I think the three point shooting is a little bit like the percentage is a little bit of an outlier for how young he is. He's also, like, a very good free-throw shooter for a rookie and, like, a very good mid-range shooter already. So, like, the three-point percentage might come down a little bit, but I feel pretty confident saying he's going to be at least, like, a 38% career shooter, which I did not think was possible coming into the draft. Oh, yeah, neither did I. One more thing, he's just a much more... He's a much more fluid player than he was at Duke. At Duke, he looked, like, very mechanical, but now, like, he has a pretty... I don't want to say he's a great handle... But, like, he has a very fluid handle, and he can get to spots yeah. on the floor with it. And he can run, like, limited pick and rolls with it and come off screens yeah. and attack. Um, yeah. I'm definitely coming around to him a lot more than I was. And I think this is actually, like, very close. Yeah. So the, the, only, the only negative thing I have to say about Jason Tatum, and it's not even necessarily him, but if I see one more thing of a highlight of him doing some basic NBA player stuff, <laughs> And it, the caption is, can you believe he's only 20? One more time, I'm going to yeah. throw my phone across the room. Like, where we crossed up Marcin so Gortat leaning forward to reach in. I'm yeah, like, wow. Like, man there. Come on, Tony. Yeah. We're getting old, dude. Like, I know, but like, the one time, like, he really just, like, dunked a basketball. And they're like, can you believe yeah. he's 20? And it's like, yeah, I can believe it. I saw him do a Euro step where Aaron Baines was boxing out the center. And everyone was freaking out, and I was like, the center literally couldn't get there because there was a human being in between the two of them. <laughs> yeah, no, that, yeah. That, that's, I, that stuff drives me crazy with him. I dude. think, oh, it kills me. yeah, I think early I was definitely falling into the backlash of people overrating Jason Tatum, but I yeah. think I've realized that was happening. I've come around a little bit on like more so on how I actually feel about him than being mad about like, oh damn, I'm actually watching the Boston Utah game right now, and Jalen Brown hit just like a deep semi-contested three. I may have to bump him up. Dude, a few you're spots. ahead of me. I just saw it. Jeez. Oh man. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, but um. Oh uh, yeah, I think Jason Tatum is really good. Like yeah. he's he's been he's been excellent for a rookie. Like he's kind of been about as good as you could have hoped he would have been this year. Yeah. If you're the Celtics, I, I really I hated it. the pick initially, and I definitely have come around on it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um. But I don't know. As far as between him, him and Ingram. It is close. Dude, it's tough. I don't know. It's mm-hmm. tough. Uh, well, Mark, or can we assume you, you go Ingram, or are you going to shock us all? It's really close for me. 
Yeah. I, I mean, it's, it, dude, that's it's incredibly close. Like, part of me is like, I, I kind of want to lean Ingram for his playmaking ability. Yeah. But there's a part of me that's like, what if Jason Tatum... Catcher. Yeah. But no, there's part of me that's like, there's a non-zero chance that Jason Tatum could be like... I mean, it's definitely not a high percentage chance. There's a non-zero chance that he is like a Kawhi Leonard-esque offensive play. Yeah. No, yeah. Which, yeah I mean, yeah, there there is a non-zero chance that he can be like an efficient like 25-point-a-night guy. I yeah. mean, these are our two highest guys for the re- for a reason. You know, I think we both are kind of all in on their potential. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, it's hard, though. It's really close. Um I don't know, Marshall. Do you have Do you have an answer for this one? <laughs> Not really. No. <laughs> Not really. I I do. I can't believe I'm saying it, but I I might lean slightly Ingram, but I don't know. That's, man. it's dude. Tough. That, it's, that's common. okay. Wait, can I? Um, shit. I'm trying to find that article that Greg definitely ghost wrote that said Jason Tatum is a lock <laughs> to be a 12 time All Star and a future Hall of Famer. Well, if that's true, then sorry, I feel like, have to go. No, I'm kidding. Yeah, I feel like. <laughs> Greg breaks the tie here. We have to go. It's Rose. No. Go Tatum. In honor no. Of no. <laughs> no, I don't My My gut is telling me I lean slightly Brandon Ingram, but I don't know. This is one of, if you picked either, I, I wouldn't really have much much of a gripe. Yeah, that's the thing. I, took. Mm-hmm. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Um, I don't know. Do, are we agreeing on slightly Ingram? Is that what we're going with? I think so. It sounds like it. It does yeah. sound like it. Very, very close, but slightly. What was so? What's what's the what's the order then that we have fallen into? We have Ingram, or yeah, we have Ingram, Tatum, Andrew Wiggins, Devin Booker, Jalen Brown, Jonathan Isaac, Josh Jackson, OG Ananobi, Justice Winslow. Does Does anybody have any? Now that we've read the, the the list all the way through, does anybody have any arguments for Booker's a little low? That's what I think. I think well, obviously, I think that, but because yeah. I I picked him over them, but uh, I I don't know. Is there anybody else that you think that like has an argument over somebody that's ahead of him? I mean, that they didn't get the direct head to head matchup with the Justice Winslow, OG, and Anobi. But like you know, yeah. I don't think we really care that much to get to that much like detail yeah, over this. Yeah, yeah. Those were like what the 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 bottom and the, the second third to second last. to last because Josh Jackson oh. beat them both. Oh yeah, that's right. Um, Wait, so you're saying you would have Winslow over OG? I mean, it's because I would I would agree with you there. That's what we're saying. I, I don't. It's, see, I've just seen more of Winslow, so I definitely see OG and Nobi's role on a good team much more clearly and important than Justice Winslow's. But Justice Winslow also has a much higher like playmaking equity, and I don't think that we know that either of their jumpers are real yet. So like, oh, that's just pretty close for me in general. I'd probably take Anobi, but it would be like, I could definitely. There's definitely a strong yeah. case for Winslow. I f- yeah, I feel like I feel like the only reason you'd like lean Anobi is just because he's still kind of a an unknown. Where Justice Winslow is kind of more of we've seen a larger amount of him, so I feel like he's. What he's gonna be is more of a, I don't know. You know what I mean? Like he's closer to what he's gonna be than OG or whatever. But I don't know. That that is, I feel like one of the arguable ones. But like you said, that's literally like the bottom two people we had, or whatever. So yeah. Uh, I don't know. Is there anybody? 
like, I don't know, is there any other, like, wings that you could, or players that you could possibly fit into this criteria that we didn't touch on? Um, like I said, Kelly Oubre. Um, yeah. Gary Harris was a little too old, and I also didn't know how to classify him. Um, I guess if you want to classify either Donovan Mitchell or Zach Levine, you could put them in this group, but I really see them more so as ball handlers on, like, wings. They're kind of like combo guards and not, like... Yeah. Um, yeah, and that's just... And like, where's, like... Where does, like, Ben Simmons come in for you? Like, where does he... Where does he as a positional player to you? Um, I would rank him more with, like... Honestly, traditional forwards. Yeah, no, that's... Like, I think he's, he's a big. Yeah. I think he's a four. Yes. Like, his... He's, he can kind of... He can kind of guard ones on defense. He can't really maneuver screens too well. But, like, if he's switched onto them, he can do it. But I think his ideal defensive role is kind of what Draymond does. I don't think he'll ever yeah. be as good as Draymond, but he's mm-hmm. already pretty good at it. And he's showing signs. He has, like, great instincts. So I think, yeah. like... He's he's way better defensively than I think anybody gave him credit for yeah. coming out of college. Well, I actually watched some LSU when he was there because I was, like pretty fascinated that they had three top 100 recruits and Tim Quarterman, who was like, Oh, SEC first team coming back. And they they weren't weren't good, but like, (laughs) he just really didn't care. Yeah. He just didn't care. I think people used to like, or like to use that as a knock against him. Yeah. And it's really more so like the, it was just basically a prolonged AAU season for him. Like, yeah, pretty much. None of it yeah. mattered. He knew he was the first overall pick. Yeah. No, yeah, that's that's probably true. But I was going to say, that, that I feel like those are the only few that could possibly, you could even kind of throw into this discussion. But Yeah, I was just looking through the list to see if I could see anyone, but no one's really jumping out to me. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's, but, uh, yeah, we'll have to do this for guards or ball handlers. And, uh, yeah traditional bigs or whatever eventually then we should over the summer mark we should try and do what we tried to what we were we started to do last summer and do like a top 25 yeah 25 under or we could do whatever age you want to under 25 or whatever Mm -hmm. or under 24 or whatever we pick but yeah yeah we should try and do a full one of that over the summer or something but yeah um i don't know do we have anything else we want to we want to add or anything? Um, I'll find the since Greg wasn't here, I'll find the article that Greg Ghost wrote for the Boston Media, and I'll tweet it <laughs> out for everybody. There you go. Nice. Nice. All right. Well, is that it? We got everything. Everybody good? Sounds like it. Yeah. All righty. Well, this was the Deceptively Athletic podcast. Thanks for listening. Um, you can subscribe to us on iTunes or Apple Podcasts, I always call I don't know what it is, but it's they're the same difference. But uh, subscribe to us on there, give us a rating, give us a review. Um, yeah, that's it. Uh, for Mark Joukowsky and Marshall Hartman, I am Tony Romanello. Peace. Peace. Also, this podcast, oh, this special edition of This or That was brought to you by Brett Dating's Power Washing Company for 10% off a power washing of your house, your driveway, I don't actually know what you get. Power wash, power wash your grass. <laughs> Go to brettdates.com, type in the code DAP. That's DAP for Deceptively Athletic Podcast. It is the best power washing service in Pittsburgh. 
whenever you're thinking about power washing, <laughs> there is no this or that because Brett Dating's power washing company is this and that. Ooh, I like dude. it. Oh, dude, it's so yes. good. I I just love the fact that anybody who listens to this that doesn't know who Brett is is just completely confused. <laughs>